Welcome to the Monday Night Scores, the wrestling podcast covering the epic battle for rating supremacy between WWF Raw and WCW Monday Nitro. We relive the war, skirmish by skirmish, to decide which show we think should have won the fight for viewing figures that week. We then reveal which show actually did take the gold in the Nielsen ratings, using our golden envelope. Last time out, we had yet another pay-per-view to cover, as Lost Liam took us through WCW's World War 3. This time around, we're back in the swing of things, with the following week's episodes of Raw and Nitro, and by heck have we got some comedy in store for you today. But we'll start by introducing ourselves. I am one of your hosts, my name is Steve, and I am, as always, joined by a man who will not buy a single item of clothing without first doing a TOG rating cost-benefit analysis against his central eating bill. It's the one and only Nick Picker, Jim! How you doing, Jim? I, I'm all right, Ty. It's funny you should mention, actually, I've had a few central heating uh, issues <laughs> God, over the past yeah. past week or so. So you finally yeah, bought it, some new clothes. Fantastic. Finally bought some new clothes. Nice <laughs> and warm. Fantastic <laughs> stuff. And I'm also joined by a man who, if he put on about 25 stone and started splashing people's faces into A&E, we'd start calling him the Spanish announce Mabel. It's Los Liam! Right, Liam. <laughs> Hello. How are we? Very well indeed. Excited to get going. Hope you lads are too. Right, well, the Monday night scoreboard tells me we're all square, neck and neck, level pegging, even Stevens at five apiece. So who will take the lead today? Let's find out. All right, Jim, you're quite right. I'll get you placed in issue with some cultural reference points before you get all arsey-like. Let's set the scene. The date is the 4th of December, 1995. This week... Australian cricket legend Ricky Ponting scored 96 on his test debut against Sri Lanka as he embarked upon a storied career that would see him brilliantly run out by Gary Pratt in the 2005 Ashes series a deck later, which the Aussies lost. It's alright, we don't get any downloads in Oz, don't even worry about it. <clears throat> NASA's Galileo probe entered Jupiter's... <laughs> I thought you were still doing cricket there for a second, NASA. <laughs> the same. <laughs> NASA Hussein scored a double century in the second innings. <laughs> NASA's Galileo probe entered Jupiter's atmosphere on a mission to study the planet and its moons. The spacecraft was planned to last 8 years, 1 month and 19 days, but it actually lasted 13 years, 11 months and 3 days. Huh? Outstaying its expected career end by many years, should have called it the Ric Flair lads. (laughs) And French footballing megastar Anthony Martial was born. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Jesus. Slow week. (laughs) Right, now we know what we're watching at the Wacker, what we were learning about on the sky at night, and which future footballing great was acting like more of a baby than Hogan does when the cameras aren't on him. Let's see how Vince and Eric are going to compete with that lot. They'll be cheesy, checkered flag, emblazoned Bob Spark plug hollies. Fan favourite reputation risking Ric Flair hyping Charles Barkley's, but no table trashing Dudley's. Let's get cracking! And we kick off with WWF Monday Night Raw. Liam, take us through it. We're at the Richmond Coliseum in Richmond, Virginia, again, for this taped edition of Monday Night Raw. <laughs> This is, I think, three episodes in a row now from from, from this gaff. Um, so Eric Bischoff surely must have something to say about this. 
Um, we kick off with a video package preview of tonight's episode, narrated by Vincent Kennedy himself. Vince tells us that the Intercontinental title is on the line as Dean Douglas goes up against Razor Ramon. We then get a recap from Survivor Series, uh, where we look at Sid's interference in the Underdogs match. Uh, that led to the one-two-three kid uh, pinning Marty Gennetti for the victory, and of course these two uh, psychos and Gennetti will be facing off on tonight's show. We then get a promo from each wrestler. Sid leads and goes with the line: "If you mess with a kid, you answer to me." <laughs> Marty responds to this by looking down the camera and insisting he's going to light Sid up this week <laughs> on Monday Night Raw. <laughs> <laughs> I had to get that in. I've not, I've not done a raw run through yet. So. Say, yeah, I, I had to join the club with the bad, uh, the bad Vince impression. <laughs> totally regretted it now, but uh, not at all. <laughs> There's my nomination for the uh, the Sefton Sounds Award. Um, the uh, the video package ends with a HBK segment, and Vince informs us that we are going to get a few words from Shawn Michaels' personal physician, Doctor Jeffrey Unger. Are we going to get like a weekly update on this now? Like, Honestly, I you know. Uh, we'll, we'll get his neighbour on next week. Like, <laughs> he tells us what the update is as well. He tells us what, what the physio is going to say. We didn't even have time to get on the edge of our seats for it, did we? It was just like, we're going to get an update. And here's the update. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, you're right, Jim. The, the doc explains to us that uh, Sean is not progressing very well neurologically at the moment. And before we get any further, we cut to the titles. As we return from the titles, Bob Sparkplug Holly is making his way to the rink in his usual racing clobber with the chequered flag down the side, just to, just so we know that he's come straight from the racetrack. <laughs> That's all drivers do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we are told by comms that he's going up against the British Bulldog. Not bad, not yeah, bad for an opener on, uh, on Raw. King pointed out here that um, everyone knows Bob Holly's not a good race car driver, which I thought was interesting. It also made a lot of sense given that he's a professional wrestler. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Pack it in. <laughs> Makes complete sense. <laughs> <laughs> We're not buying that he's uh, he's up in the uh, the, the, the rankings yeah, and the high the rankings. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Vince says that on this week's Raw, Brother Love will be interviewing King Mabel. Dear oh. God. Uh, clearly last week's interview was uh, so well received, so we're getting another instalment. Uh, Bulldog's entrance hits and he, uh, he starts making his way to the ring, accompanied by the superb Jim Cornette. Yeah, brilliant. And on paper, this looks like your, your, your textbook squash match. Um, as we know, Bulldog is involved in the main events uh, uh, in your house. Uh, Holly gets some decent blows in early doors, delivering a nicely executed uh, hip toss to Bulldog before landing a scoop slam and successive running clotheslines. Fast start by Holly. Uh, Bulldog rolls out of the ring to compose himself and probably have a quick word to himself that he's not, you know, he's the number one contender for the title and Bob, Bob Holly's making him look like a right muggy <laughs> at the moment. He's put on a clinic early doors against him. Yeah. Uh, this short break, though, has zero effect as Holly uh, hits a well-timed power slam for a close two fall before locking Bulldog into an armbar submission. One-way traffic at the moment in this one. Yeah, yeah. The, the momentum eventually shifts as Bulldog holds Holly high in the air uh, before dropping onto the top rope. Gonads first. Um, <laughs> Bulldog goes to... <laughs> yeah, you're a gonad driver. <laughs> yeah. Top rope. Bulldog goes to suplex Holly, but before delivering the uh, the manoeuvre, he taunts the crowd, and Holly takes advantage and rolls him up for another close two count. Um, we've, we've had a, we've had a, quite a lot of close two uh, two two fall counts at the moment, so not looking good for the bulldog. Bulldog jumps up from this and hits a powerful clothesline that spins Holly inside out. 
He then picks Holly up and holds a hanging vertical suplex for a couple of seconds before slamming him to the mat. He's not messing around now, I don't think. He's uh, he's given Holly enough enough her time here. Bulldog faces the crowd and shouts to them that he is the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a really good impression as well, aren't they? That's, that's genuinely good. <laughs> You've redeemed um, yourself after the Vince one. <laughs> Holly whips Bulldog into the into the corner, goes to, goes up top, and he delivers the classic uh, ten punch count in sync with the crowd. The Bulldog days from this, stumbles out of the corner and hits the deck. Holly covers him and gets another close two count. Um, the finish we get though, so despite this this one way traffic. Holly whips Bulldog into the uh, into the opposite corner of the ring, but Bulldog reversed this, sending Holly face first. And as Holly goes to to jump backwards and, and avoid you know being collided with with Bulldog, Bulldog catches him midair over his shoulder and gets him into the position to deliver a really powerful running power slam in the middle of the ring. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this that was enough to get the the, uh, the one two three. So despite uh, Bob Holly looking like a million bucks in this one, <laughs> he. he did. Uh, He's not. He doesn't. He doesn't prevail in the end. Bulldog picks up the victory. I thought it was good matches. I liked yeah, it. me too. Yeah, I, I thought it was a good, good opener. Uh, yeah. and, and, and as as we've seen, you know, squash match, but but a little bit, little bit of a you know different, different formats. Yeah, letting the exactly right. Letting the underdog have a bit of time. Indeed. And it could look good, Holly, and uh, and Bulldog still came out looking strong. Top marks all around. We cut to comms and Vince informs us that there will be a non-title match between Bret Hart and Bob Backlund. <sighs> Next week on Raw, oh, fucking hell. made up. I'm not on Raw next week doing the uh, the run through. <laughs> so good luck with that. I'll see you two who's on that one. We then get a recap of from last week of the toilet that we served up <laughs> on the Brother Love Show. Chris Backlund blindsides the Hitman and puts him in the crossface chicken wing. The crossface chicken wing. Fucking <laughs> hell. We are then shown a recap from the Superstars program at the weekend. Oh, pop big for Where this. this time, for some unknown reason. <laughs> Bob Backlund decides that WWF commentator Jim Ross needs to be taught a crossface chicken wing lesson himself. Oh, What's man. going on here? Honestly, I don't know. I feel like I'm a bit, I'm a bit, like, I'm a bit like Vince. I'm a bit like Vince in the sense that I really get a kick out of when what happens to Jim. I remember when Kane set him on fire. <laughs> so it was class. Oh. We're revealing the sadistic side, aren't I know. we, Jim? Oh, just like, I don't know. It's, I think it's probably the only way me and Vince went about a similar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolute yeah. heel move from the nitpicker. picker. <laughs> Chardon Ross, absolute Chardon Ross. As we as we head back to the ring, we uh, we, we go to Jerry. Well, <laughs> <laughs> this chicken wing on your barbecue, Jr. <laughs> We we head back to uh, we head back to ringside and the king uh, he wants a few words of Bob Backlund as he's, as he's somewhere in the crowd on the campaign trail as per usual as Backlund's making his way to the front barrier he's bow ties all over the place in a fitting tribute to his current behaviour on the program. <laughs> king says to Backlund he understands that he's trying to garner votes from the plebeians but he wants to know. Why is he chicken winging everyone uh, he's coming into contact with? You know that's a great great question, really uh, King. Uh, and also, King takes his opportunity to inform Backlund that his upcoming match with Bret Hart is a non-title match. And it's at this point that Backlund loses the plot and he screams at King, I want to be God again! <laughs> don't think he understands what a title match is, by the I way. It's like, he, <laughs> it was like, it's, I, I didn't, 
probably understand that he's supposed to be like a loose cannon. I think if he is, he's, he's more convincing at it than Psycho Cities. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, definitely. He's, play, he's playing it way better. Yeah, he's, he's just been he's been walking calmly around the you know the the arenas of the <laughs> oh they let him mill around with the, the last couple of <laughs> they let him mill around with the proletariat if he exactly. was unhinged. I'm sure that would be some kind of hazard, wouldn't he? What Bob's Bob's got on the bus again? He's here next week. I'll just stick him in the crowd. Stick him in the crowd. They'll sort him out. Don't worry. Fucking unbelievable. Exposing him all kinds of suits. <laughs> Backlund then stirs directly down to the camera before again repeating that he wants to be God again. God. Uh, and this is so he can he can reign supreme all over the plebeians. <laughs> Who's he? You mean he's, <laughs> <laughs> he's a he, <laughs> sorry. He, he, he's sweating profusely here. He's he screaming is. incessantly, and he's just behaving generally in an odd way, isn't he? <laughs> he's fucking bonkers. I know. Yeah, I didn't get Don't it. Don't understand. The biggest warning sign here of of Backlund's uh, non compass mentis is when he, he turns to the king and screams. Do you know who I am? <laughs> He's interviewing you, mate. He introduced you. That's exactly who you are. He told all of us, like, I didn't before this. Oh, God. Be- before telling King, do you realise what I'm going to do to all these people if they keep agitating me? We're going to have a bloodbath on our hands in Richmond, Virginia. He continues to bark directly down the camera. He's, he's spouting all kinds of nonsense out. And Lawler's doing his best here to try and cut away. And Vince is, is in the ear. He's, he's trying to cut away for a break. Backland is he's still, he's still screaming away while, while, while this, this, this uh, microphone's being cut. He's, the sweat now is just pouring <laughs> off his face. And I, I'm thanking the wrestling gods that this, that this has been cut early and we head out <laughs> into a break. After the break, we, uh, we go back into the ring and we see Fatu uh, entering. And Vince tells us that during the break, Bob Backlund, he headed into the crowd to find the sound engineer <laughs> and to confront him for, for cutting his mic. <laughs> Take that up with Vincent Kennedy, Bob. Don't be going picking on the intern. Through <laughs> 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 the sound guy. Anyway, uh, the next match we've got, we've got Fatu and he's going up against the Brooklyn Brawler. The Brawler's already in the ring. Um... The brawler, he starts the contest by hitting Fatu with some cheap shots from behind as Fatu's taking his jacket off. He then hits Fatu with a, a running knee to the to the stomach and then two eye pokes. That's the only offence really he gets into that point. And it's here, I look at his outfit again. I think it was you, Jim, who, who made note to this a couple of weeks ago about the uh, the brawler's outfit. What a mess. And for a brawler, like, his clothes suggest that he's always coming... Second, coming off second best, isn't he? So whether he's brawling with that week, whether it be a, a cat or a lawnmower or anything, he's, got, he's coming off second best anyway, looking at the state of his clothes. Oh, very good. But yeah, Fatu totally dominates this one. It's a, it's a, it's a short squash match. Uh, Fatu, it's a, a nice backbreaker before he delivers a, a running, like inverted net break, I think it was. It looked like a bit of an RKO, you know, but yeah, it looked nice. Yeah. Um, before he goes up top and delivers a, a mammoth splash, which oh, which looked brutal, sounded oh, fantastic. Know, Mega. And the brawler is out. I mean, th- th- this is what we've been saying with these bigger guys. At least with Fatu, he's, he's got some, you know, some athleticism oh, about him. And, tons and of this it, yeah. splash, this splash was, was superb. Anyway, yeah, that, that's enough to get the victory. From this, Vince tells us that Shawn Michaels will join us next week. For an interview on his uh, his ongoing recovery from from the concussion injury. Looking forward Jesus to that one. Jesus Christ! From this, anyway, we he- we head to Doc Hendricks, <laughs> who explains that Owen Hart's open contract has been accepted. But before we are told who that wrestler is that has accepted this open contract, we head back into the arena, <laughs> where Bob Backlund God. has successfully managed to locate the sound engineer. <laughs> who told him? Who grasped him up? <laughs> 
he picks this guy up by the back of the jeans in like the, the wedgie kind of hold, <laughs> lifts him up like he's, a, 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 <laughs> like he's a, piece, a piece of garbage and then just tosses him over the, the, the sound desk. Yeah, he tosses him over the sound desk before, before locking him in the crossface chicken wing and, and tossing him about by his, like he's a hapless jobber. <laughs> Call for this. He was. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, we cut from that. We don't find out what the uh, the, the, the after the after effects of that was. We we go straight back to Doc, and he finishes his his bit, and he tells us that it will be Diesel that takes up uh, Owen Hart's uh, open contract, and these two will be going up against each other at the next pay per view in your house. Yeah. And we probably, if we're being honest, won't see Diesel. Until this pay-per-view. Quite the face move, I thought, from the from the recently turned Diesel, wasn't it? Trying to uh, avenge the injury caused to his best pal. Very true indeed, yeah. Not not very heelish at all. Dead right. Good Nate picks. <laughs> <laughs> There's always one. <laughs> Forgot to make the sound effect. Damn it. Next week. Back to the ring and uh Dean Douglas has entered, dressed in his colourful robe with his large exclamation mark on the back because, of course, this is the universal symbol for a member of the teaching profession, an exclamation mark. We get another preview of the interview with Shawn Michaels' physician, Dr Jeremy Unger. So he's chipping in in the middle of, in the middle of Raw as well. He's got his own segment you know, dedicated to this at the end, but no, we're going we're gonna to pipe this in as well. Jesus Christ, it's getting more hype than the main events on Raw recently, this. I know. We cut back from the break anyway. We hear Razor Ramon's music hits, and, and Vince tells us that Ramon is oozing machismo <laughs> every time. <laughs> every time with the fucking fondue. Honestly, <laughs> you, think, you think somebody would mention this to him by now? It's like eight weeks in a row. Come on, come on, Vince. I've noted here though. I don't know if you two picked up on this that uh, Ramon's waistcoat here was was particularly naughty this week. It was it wasn't in sync with his trunks. It was like. It was like a, a paisley kind of pattern. It was like it was wow. like something that you'd see at the Crucible at your at your local Riley's Riley's Hall. So I don't know if he's if he's heading for a quick frame of snooker after this one. But Discount John Virgo. Yeah, it, it didn't it didn't fit in this week from uh, Ramon, and I'm usually his biggest uh, his biggest fan. He loses marks for that. Anyway, back in the ring, we've got Ramon and Douglas. That they're, they're squaring off in the middle of the ring. Douglas slaps the toothpick out of Ramon's mouth. Yeah, good. That. Uh, I like that. Ramon returns this favour by slapping Douglas around the head. Douglas then jumps Ramon from behind and snatches the belt from around his waist. He's just about to, to ruin his title chances. I was just about to, to clock Ramon on the back of the head. And then we get Earl Hebner jumping and intervening, taking the belt off him. Douglas is peppering Ramon early doors with some early blows uh, before Razor sees the, seizes the momentum and catches Douglas mid-air when he's going for a crossbody before he hits a nice-looking fall-away slam. Ramon clothesline Douglas over the top ropes onto the outside where he lands on his back and then we're reminded about this for the next you know five minutes about Vince so any any chance Douglas is holding his, his injured back he didn't look he didn't look that severe to me you, know, you see that time and time again Douglas re-enters the ring anyway Ramon gets him in an armbar submission it's here the camera zooms in and we see that Ramon has a piece of tape around his boot that says Sean on it yeah. Which is a, a nice tribute for the oh, no. the passing, you know, the passing of Shawn Michaels, the patron saint <laughs> of the of the WWE. Come on, enough of this now, Jesus Christ! 
No, I know. You're going to have T-shirts on next. <laughs> right. Vince once again plugs the interview with HBK's physician later on. I'm, I'm tapping out here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm genuinely tapping out. Enough of this. Jesus Christ. It's the fucking Hunger Games, this fucking episode, isn't it? We're fucking yeah. like Absolutely it. unbelievable. Yeah, he's like he's, he's a prominent figure, isn't he? Yeah, non-stop. Douglas hits a, a sloppy-looking bulldog from the top rope, which he follows up with a scoop slam, and then he runs and jumps on the top rope, and before we know what happens, we cut to a break. Back from the break, Douglas has Ramon in like a, an ab stretch kind of hole. He's holding onto the ropes for, for more leverage, putting more pressure on Ramon's shoulder. We find out that during the break, uh, Douglas hit a, like a spinning slash, a uh, spinning slash. <laughs> didn't do that. That's what you do after five pints, that. <laughs> spin, spin, a spinning piss. Cap and wheel. Cap and wheel. Douglas goes up top and hits a flying body press that Razor manages to roll through and counter for a close two-pinfall. We then get a, a political statement from Vince about uh, questioning the deployment of American troops in Bosnia. Yeah, what was this about? This? Oh, it was so bizarre. It was, he mentioned the, uh, the the recent Army and Navy American football game, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, he, he fed King the joke. The King, the King has got to come out with this joke and then he, he backs it up with his air and his right-wing gripes. And, yeah, uh, <laughs> like, what are you doing, Vince? Unbelievable. Pat that in, Vince. Come on, lad. <laughs> we get a signal from Razor here that the, the end is nigh for the uh, for the Dean. You know, he's, he's, he's calling for the Razor's edge. Yeah. And it, it literally does come, come straight away. Ramon calmly picks Douglas up off the canvas, <laughs> yeah. puts him... Into you know the, the 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 starting position for this this finisher picks him up above his head lifts him aloft and then plows him into the mat and gets the one two three. Right, I thought this was a bit of a a bit of a, a you know in terms of these have had quite a lot of a lot of heat haven't they over the past couple of couple of months and I think this was a bit of a absolutely bit of a poor buried uh, old uh, old Dane Douglas as well didn't it? Uh, we get another plug for the the Bret Hart and Bob Backlund match next week followed by. The HBK interview, just in case you've forgotten. You know, we've got a HBK interview next week, guys. Um, we head back into the ring and we are greeted by the portly brother love, who once again... <laughs> I mean, how has this guy got some more TV time? It's phenomenal. It's a phenomenal decision, this. Two weeks in a row. <laughs> what I have noticed here, Jim, is that uh, <laughs> your match did comment last week from... Uh, <laughs> Brother loves Mike is spot on. You can't unsee it, can you? I was actually creased laughing with this. Just a borrow a borrow with a with a matchstick super. <laughs> anyway, Mabel's music hits and we get we get the jobbers bringing him down to the ring. Yeah, I didn't recognise any of them. Yeah, I didn't recognise no, any. I didn't either. I'm always on the lookout now. Since Rhino, I'm always I'm always keeping. keeping yeah, I was looking for John Cristal or somebody one there, was he? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe yeah, this is the next do. generation. Yeah. Disappointed, I couldn't. Uh, I couldn't identify I any of the jobbers. Future stars. As Mabel heads to the ring, he's got the the Undertaker's urn wrapped around his neck. But basically, I'm going to cut this short because this is painful, as That's as awful. it was last week. Mabel, he stumbles his way through this. Um, he's giving it big portions about him being the bit, the first man to pin the Undertaker. Uh, he was the first man to put him out of action, and he's going to be the first man to put him in his own casket, which is incorrect because I think Yokozuna did it before. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, re- I'd rethink that, Mabel. <laughs> I was cringing watching this, especially when, when Mabel was putting like emphasis on the on the love when he was saying love. <laughs> yeah, to, no. Oh, it was dreadful. No. Behave. Brother Love's got a surprise for Mabel anyway. And we, 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 we get a we get a druid <laughs> bringing down a casket to the oh, ring. Dearie me. <laughs> 
sorry. He has trouble maneuvering the casket, doesn't he, around? <laughs> I can't get it, <laughs> get it to ringside. Yeah, it, take, it takes a long time get to, to get to the uh, to the ring. Or just outside the ring. You wouldn't trust him going around Asda with a trolley. <laughs> yeah, don't trust don't trust this drude with a big shop. <laughs> Zero manoeuvre skills with the uh, with with the, with the casket. Anyway, we, we we later find out the druid is no, is none other than Sermo. You know, the, the guy that featured on the the main event last week, uh, and we and he, and he unveils the casket which has been graffitied to, uh, to 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 Mabel's satisfaction. He, and he's he's made up with this. He's absolutely <laughs> delighted with this. What about when, he, when uh, Mabel accused? <laughs> Love trying to turn Sir Mo against him. I know instantly. Like, uh, there is no trust between these two, is it? He, he's like, I've got a surprise for you. Have you turned Sir Mo against me? Have you? I bet you have. I bet you have. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. For, that was guess number one. That. There were no clues. Yeah. There were no yeah. clues. Surprise number one. Yeah, he does his thing. He says surprise number one, and he uh, he lifts he lifts the hood off Sir Mo. Are you trying to turn him against me? <laughs> No, no. It's absolute relationship built on sand, those two, isn't it? Fucking unbelievable. Well, no like you'd be asked as well, like you care. <laughs> oh, yeah, Sam Moore's turns against me, right? Better watch me back then. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the, 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 what, the, what Mabel's guaranteeing here that there, there won't be any love for The Undertaker uh, uh, in your house anyway. A pretty poor attempt to uh, to build hype for this for this casket match, anyway. Shambles. We cut to the uh, the locker room, uh, and in the back we get Razor Ramon, who's who's geeing up Jim's favourite wrestler Marty Jannetty, telling Jannetty that he's got his back. He's going to look out for the kid uh, before we head to a break. As we head to the ring, uh, Sid's music is playing, and he's he's screaming aggressively into the camera. Uh, and apparently, I didn't know this, but he, he's the master and the ruler of the world. <laughs> <laughs> eh? Bob Backlund is going to be fucking furious when he yeah. finds out. Don't let Backlund hear you say that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we do, we don't hang around here too long. We cut to uh, our token Barry Dijinsky spot of the uh, of the program, and this week he's trying to flog the uh, the diesel and take a cardboard cutouts. He reminds us that these are twenty five dollars uh, before letting us know that, the, that these do stand up on their own. Just in case we were. <laughs> We were unsure about this. I mean, why would we... If, if they didn't, why would we buy them? I'll have a cardboard cutout that I can just lean on my floor. <laughs> it's going to fall over. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, man. That's phenomenal. Anyway, Marty's music hits. Class. And he, and, he, and he runs down to the rig. He blindsides Sid and then starts repeatedly slamming Sid's head into the into the mat. This early onslaught is thwarted as, as Sid catches Ginetti going for a crossbody and delivers a big slam to him. But instead of going for the pin, Sid just leans over Ginetti and starts screaming directly at him, probably telling him that he's, he's the ruler of the world or <laughs> the master of whatever he was saying before. Uh, Sid starts to work Ginetti over in the corner, landing a number of stomps and blows before whipping into the opposite corner. Sid charges across to the corner, but Ginetti gets the boot up just in time before going up top and landing a somersault netbreaker. Looked great, that, Jim. Oh, crowd's well done. Going mental. Well done, Ginetti. It did, yeah. It got a decent pop. And I imagine it got a decent pop in your, your living room as well. Absolutely, absolutely <laughs> did. Well deserved. Well done, Mike. <laughs> we cut to Razor, who's cheering on from the back. Why was he watching on his Honestly. tiny telly? <laughs> I don't know. Go down to the rink. I know. Go ringside. I know. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. If you've got any, if you've got any suspicions of of, of the kid, you know, gonna he's gonna interfere in this in this contest. Get down to the ring, Razor. Someone rigged that nine inch portable up over there. I want to watch this back. <laughs> Straining his eyes trying to see on that thing. Is that the kid who's arrived there, or is that Sir Sir Lebner? Sir Lebner, that's fine. I'll be all right. Yeah. 
Unbelievable. Back in the ring, Sid's taken over completely now. He's dish, he's dishes out a big clothesline that, that spins Ginetti 360. Ginetti tries to mount a comeback, but Sid hits another big clothesline that again spins Ginetti 360, but this time we, we, we get a close two count. Sid's dominating proceedings here, and you would Ooh. easily mistake Ginetti here for a hapless Joe Dorgan or John Cristal type of character. <laughs> it's that level of performance that we're getting here. Sid throws Marty to the outside, where Ted DiBiase is waiting to stick the boot in. However, Marty doesn't like this. He doesn't like this. He, he, he's remembering what, what went on last week. He shoots up and clearly not happy. He's looking to teach DiBiase a lesson. He shoots He shoots up. Blimey, he's taking that hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ginetti gets the heroin out and then nobody... <laughs> However, this is the cue for the one 2 3 Dulux dog to make his entrance and he heads down to the ring before ambushing Ginetti from behind with a spinning heel kick. <laughs> Sid is distracting the referee in the ring while the kid and DiBiase are going to town to Ginetti on the outside. Kid leads Razor straight into the rink, and it's at this point the bell goes and the disqualification is called. Ramon clotheslines Sid straight over the ropes before giving chase to Kid, who was scarped over the barrier with the grace of an impala before making off into the crowd. <laughs> Razor tries to follow suit, but unfortunately his back leg hits the barrier and this allows the kid to get away. Yeah, it's all that. The kid lives to fight another day. Back in the ring, Sid is continuing to teach Marty a lesson and delivers a, a massive powerbomb that knocks the wind out of the walking pom-pom. <laughs> <laughs> Sid follows this up by making the sign of the cross. I didn't realise he was so religious. Um, before DBS stuffs a $100 bill straight down the cake hole of Marty Ginetti. Oh, I quite like that. that Fuck good. off, DBS. And then we cut to a break. You can't buy Marty Ginetti. <laughs> We head back from the break to King telling us that he would love to see Bob Backlund put Vince McMahon in a crossface chicken wing. <laughs> Vince tells us that in 30 seconds, Todd Pettengill will be interviewing Shawn Michaels' personal physician, Jeremy Unger. And then we get a bizarre segment, fellas, uh, that, that takes place on, on Raw this week. Unger, he explains that over four... Million suffer from the same type of, of head trauma that, that Shawn Michaels has, has uh, suffered. And as a result, these patients, they develop problems such as ringing in the ear, nausea, vomiting, headaches, blurred vision, and dressing like a sexual deviant. <laughs> <laughs> we get some more backstory about concussion patients from Unger. <laughs> before he states that HVK's current neurological results are abnormal and he may be out for longer than expected. We get a timeline then of HBK's 1995, which I thought was great because we only started in, in September. So we get to see what he did for, for the early part of 1995 <laughs> and the bumps and bruises that he, he's, had to, he's had to deal with. Unger goes on to tell us that Sean does, ha does have brain damage, apparently. He, yeah, he, he, he told us hell, that. I know. This was and any additional blow to the head would be life-threatening. Yeah, kill him. Hang on a second. Right, so you're setting yourself up to failure. <laughs> no. Because if you're saying that, you know, any, any more blows to the head are life-threatening. When he does come back... And he's, you know, he's, he's tombstoned by Taker. That's it. He's going to die. Following the uh, the interview we get with uh, with Jeremy Unger, Vince then decides it's 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 the right time for, for him to to declare his thoughts and feelings about the whole situation. And he gives he gives us a, a really melancholy voiceover, reminds us of the dangers that that wrestlers face in the ring, uh, and and how really HBK 
It's just a human being like us all. He's not the superhero that we that we paint him to be. This is the worst. <laughs> the very worst. Yeah, this is this is the worst thing I was I've like, seen. I was, I was watching this open mouthed. I know. With the, with like with like solemn, you know, music, moving music in the background yeah. as well. Fucking hell. I was I was just waiting for the line. Uh, for just five dollars a month you can help protect an endangered <laughs> species like Shawn Michaels. That's all that was missing from this, wasn't it? We get a really, you know, like I say, melanco- melancholy voiceover from Vince. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he finishes with a bit that he's not sure if uh, if Shawn Michaels will return at all to wrestling. Uh, and from that, from that we are out. Well, now let's see what we all made of it with our ratings, builders and killers. My builders are... Build number one. Bulldog and Holly were both cracking in the ring. I think this was there were some lovely sequences here, some even better spots. Nice story, dead entertaining, lovely stuff. Build number two. Razor's character. Vince isn't wrong, he doesn't half ooze machismo, and he's still keeping me entertained is old Razor, even at this stage in the Monday Night Wars. Bill number three, Dean Douglas was better in the ring than I remembered. Well, that do. I was, I was struggling this week. <laughs> <laughs> Jim, what were your ratings, Builders? Build number one is um, lots of matches featuring wrestlers we want to see. So I mean, we had Razor Ramon, we had Fatu, we had Psycho Sid. One, two, three, Kiria Douglas, Bob Holly, British Bulldog, and of course, Marty Jeanette himself, all featuring prominently, which I thought was a good thing, <laughs> all wedged into the 45 minutes. And um, building number two, picking out a specific match, was, uh, Holly versus Bulldog was my favourite one of the lot, and a, a great way to uh, kick things off, I thought. Obviously, all high hopes for the show from there onwards. <laughs> and building number three, the final one, is the, the physical specimen that was... A young for two, that splash yeah, off the top. Yeah, that splash, yeah, great. Liam, over to you, what were your Raw ratings builders? Tough, tough this week for, for Raw builders. Um, number one, uh, I've got Razor Ramon. And I do know I am beginning to sound like a broken record with this guy. <laughs> You're worse than me, imagine, eh? Yeah, but Jesus Christ, <laughs> at least at least there's there's a little bit of, of a big name, star quality. Builder number two, I've gone for the Bulldog and, and Holly opener, just like you two have, have mentioned. Very entertaining. Really enjoyed it. Was your squash match, but you know, I did I did I did like that. You know, there's there was some occasions I thought Holly might get the uh, the victory. Yeah, it was, yeah, yeah, genuine he was peril. Racking up right. the, he was yep. racking up the two counts all the way through it. Yeah. And then number three, I was struggling, but it did it did uh, make me make me laugh. I'm going to go for Ted DiBiase stuffing the hundred dollar <laughs> note into Marty Janetti's uh, cake hole. <laughs> classic, classic shithouse behaviour from DiBiase. <laughs> yeah, love and it, it. Did get a chuckle from me, so yeah. that's on the cracking stuff. Over to the killers, my killer number one. Obviously, is there anything else? Has to be the head injury exploitation section at the end, especially the bit where Vince blamed all of us, the fans included, for tipping Sean over the edge and forcing him to compete. (laughs) The cheek, the absolute barefaced affrontery of the bloke. That was golden. It really was. Dire straight here at WWF at the moment, it really is. Killer number two, Bob Backlund. Again, Stonewall, couldn't be anything else. We're keeping going with this, are we? Why? Anyone? No. 
Killer number three, the brother love segment. Again, just like last week. It was just rinse and repeat. It was it was it was just as bad and it was almost identical. What are we doing? What are we doing? Why are we why are we repeating absolute <laughs> bollocks? And what you've got to remember is obviously this was a tape show, so the crowd would have seen this twice. <laughs> oh, that was, you're right. Oh those no, yeah. Poor souls. <laughs> Absolute poor souls. Oh, put through this. I thought Raw last week was bad, but they've been put through this one oh, as well. Oh, honestly, yeah. Whatever the opposite of getting your money's worth is, is what they've been subjected to. <laughs> Fucking hell. Jim, over to you. What were your Raw ratings killers? So I think this is going to be, obviously, we've got a smorgasbord of, uh, of killers to select from here, <laughs> potential killers. I, I, I do dare say we're going to have the similar ones in a, maybe slightly different orders, but yeah. um, I've got the same as you, Steve, in the sense that, number one, could only be the Shawn Michaels video package. Has to be. Has to be. What, uh, among all the other things you've said, which are all valid, but uh, in addition to that, just what a, what a miserable way to end your programme. What a <laughs> miserable note to sign off on for the week. <laughs> what? Killer number two. I've gone with the Brother Love segments. I said yeah. on most weeks, I think this would have been the fired away over the hills winner. <laughs> Absolute Dutch oven of a segment, but <laughs> it's just just foul stuff. <laughs> Mabel, I feel it could have warranted a slot on, on his own. Oh. He was just he was just he was just reciting lines, some of which he forgot, and at various points <laughs> of, the pro, of the of the interview, he was. He was meant to be angry at Brother Love, then he was suspicious of him, then he was grateful towards him. Yet, yet his, his demeanour and his tone didn't change once. He was, he was, he was dreadful. Don't put him in this spot again, okay. guys. And uh, killer number three, it's, it's Bob Macklin going berserk. Where's it come from and why is it happening? <laughs> Two questions, I, answers yeah. I don't know. Liam, give us your raw ratings, killers. At the top, the interview with with Jeremy Unger. Stop it! Stop it with this now. Yeah. It's like we, we we've had three weeks of updates about the uh, the progress of Shawn Michaels and how how he's close to death and he'll never be the same. And you know we 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 already know that there's another instalment of this next week, which know, is going to be painful. But it's just further evidence of the stranglehold HBK has on the, has on the WWF. Yeah, we've commented on it with Hogan and Nitro. Um, there's got to be an element of HBK within a within a program, and it's it's getting it's getting so so tedious now. Um, yeah, I was I was tapping out by the end. I, I, it'd been plugged all all program. So that was number one. Number two, I've gone for Vince's final thought. I mean, it <laughs> it, it would it just wasn't needed, was it? No, you know, it was we'd, awful. We'd been subjected to to that that little bit I've just mentioned, and then for Vince to to have an have a go at us. Uh, for, for for subjecting HBK to, to this, yeah. you know, and trying to make us burst into tears, and yeah. you know, pinning the blame on on the on the viewers and yeah, be, behave, behave, scandals. pack it in with this, please, Vince. And then number three, it had to be Bob Backlund. Shocking crack, uh, terrible acting, uh, and it's just it's just heinous that the the WWF are chucking him into these these storylines involving the heavyweight champion. They're giving Grateful. him some decent decent airtime, which they could be putting you know Undertaker or. Someone who's just so Anyone? much better who could, who could run with it, yeah, <laughs> George Hogg, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's, 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 he was, it was. I'm flabbergasted that the that the the, the, the pushing this guy, uh, shocking, shocking.
that was WWF Monday Night Raw. And now over to Nitro. Jim, take us through what happened. We're in Phoenix, Arizona for Nitro this week. And uh, Bish brings us in by curtailing some dog-related back and forth between Mongo and Heenan. And then he tells us, he reveals early on, that the main event for this evening is Randy Savage defending his title against none other than Lex Luger. It seems a bit of a strange one to me, having an unadvertised title match headline of the show. Then It also seems strange to have Lex Luger in it, because what the fuck's his claim to this? I know, yeah, why is he the number one contender? Last week they were arguing, he was arguing with Hogan about it, wasn't he? And then now he's... Exactly. Luger's yeah. having a match with him. All right, okay. Um, uh, Biggest Bishop job then, guy in the company. Yeah, the, the most glorified job guy in wrestling. Uh, Bishop then tells us there's a triangle match book for Starkey. That That phrase is going to come up time and again here throughout the show a triangle match everybody um, there's a triangle match book for Starcade. can I jump in here for a sec Jim sorry right, with this triangle match right, they do obviously mean triple threat don't they because they yeah. do yeah. But, but WCW being WCW is it going to be like in a triangular shaped ring or like, <laughs> oh, where they go <laughs> they, they like to push it to the, the extreme don't they so fucking hell a triangle match they could have come up with a more threatening name I have to say <laughs> The triangle match is going to feature uh, Ric Flair, Sting, and in a move that in no way telegraphs the result of tonight's main event, it will also, Lex Luger is going to be in there too. <laughs> <laughs> so Luger, can, he can blow his shot tonight and he'll still be the chance to win the belt back in a couple of weeks at the pay-per-view. Um, all without any explanations and it's, yeah, it's just happening. Deal with it. Uh, we learn that Flair, the Giants and Hulk Hogan are all on probation. <laughs> Everybody. <laughs> One wrong move and they're out the door. He's a giant. Oh, who's gonna who's gonna stop him? Who's gonna listen? We've been hyping up what a monster he is, and then oh, probation. Oh, I'm very sorry. <laughs> Come on. Well, we'll see. That doesn't have too much of an impact on the lads in this show. They don't spend too much time dwelling on the fact that the three biggest stars are on the verge of uh, you know on the cusp. Will, 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 will they? Won't they be fired? Instead, <laughs> yeah. we pass straight over to a tag match to get the ball rolling. <laughs> I was hoping the tag match was going to feature uh, Super Assassins 1 and Super Assassin 2 from the uh, from the Battle Royale a couple of weeks ago at the pay-per-view, but instead we get a rematch that has got me uh, on, on tenterhooks, really, about what's going to happen, because it's the American Males v. Harlem Heat, and this is, of course, this is, of course, a rematch for the absolute... Um, Almighty fucking shit show from yeah. a few weeks ago, wasn't it? Where it was just chaos for about the third week in or so. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. It was... absolutely. But yeah, still having flashbacks to that that kind of horrendous episode we had previously. And I'm not sure I'm ready for another installment, but nevertheless, here we go. Uh, we start off with our boy Tim Patrick. We get a good shot of him as he's holding the two title belts aloft to signify the belts are on the line. Go on, Tim. Yeah, good bit of airtime <laughs> for Tim there. And we start out with Stevie Ray. He's kicking the shit out of Scotty Riggs early on, but but Riggs' famed speed, as they mentioned on commentary, allows us allows him to get the upper hand. This is weird. It, it doesn't last long though, as Ray is a massive sidewalk time before tagging in Booker T. Yeah, like uh, Riggs, he regains momentum before bringing Bagwell into the action, and they hit a couple of double teams, including a massive back body drop on Booker T, who does not land very well. He kind of concertistas on himself and he's all in a big heap in the middle of the ring mm-hmm. um, so halfway through the match uh, we, get, we get a shot of the colonel so the, so the colonel's hanging about still this is because um, Booker T and Steve Ray Harlem Heat are managed by Sherry who is uh, the love interest of the colonel and this is what a big cause of the um, the disaster it was. in the match several uh, a couple of months back we have not had a mention of this since and we haven't had any callbacks to it or anything nope. yet here we are again, just picking it up as though we all know what's going on. Um, <laughs> Good old WCW. 
Indeed. Um, yeah, yeah, nothing's changed whatsoever. We're just repackaging this old storyline. Um, anyway, while the heels uh, uh, get some heat on, we, we cut back to the Colonel, who has given Sherry a gift. And this seems to be a worthwhile distraction from all the wrestling. And at this point, I kind of lost a bit of interest, really. Um, <laughs> so what happens is Sherry ends up leaving, just like the last time. Booker T's a bit dismayed on the, on the side, like he was the last time. But this time... Her exit has no kind of bearing on the results. So why? Even why weirder, is, why, it? Yeah, why is it happening? It's yeah. it's all very very odd. It's it looks makes them for being surprised again look like the absolute morons. But then for the fact there's no consequences anyway. It's like why did she come out? What was the point of this? Yeah. What was the purpose? Exactly. Um, uh, yeah, but yeah, the match itself, we'll skip to the end. Booker T, easily the best thing about the match, and it's him who gets the pinfall after hitting the Harlem Hangover. Yeah, which was looked a, incredible. It did enough. A flip Brilliant. into a leg drop oh. on the top rope. Absolutely fucking brutal. Yeah, superb that. I don't know if it was Bagwood or Scotty Riggs who took it, but yeah, wouldn't like to have been either in that particular moment. No, no. So there was no insanity this time around. There was just a kind of pointless intervention in the middle. Um, and Harlem Heat retained the title. It was all good stuff. Yeah, lovely. And then we had a bit of chew in the aftermath Booker T and NBA player AC Green, who is sat at ringside. Uh, this, this starts during the match and continues after the bell. So, so given the, the precedent that Bischoff has set with Mongo earlier, I'm willing to bet that AC Green might be involved in the next feud for the Tag Team Championships. <laughs> <laughs> Following this, we've got an interview with, with me, Gene. He earns his cash, doesn't he, Mean Gene? Honestly. Mean Gene is the ultimate workhorse on this programme. <laughs> <He's>, <laughs> they cut him more than they cut him ad breaks. And they cut him a lot of ad breaks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mean Gene, he's got Sting, he's got Luger with him. He wants to know what's going on, what's happening with him. There's uh, there's liberal use of the phrase best friend again from Sting. Which is <laughs> Every time. No, it's like Luger's a got a good chance of beating... Yeah, it is, isn't it? It's a, it Luger, he thinks Luger's got a good chance of beating Sting tonight. Is it a drinking game? Do we think they're setting up a drinking game? Like, oh, lads in the man. back? I don't know. It gets worse as well as the show goes on. Um, Sting, he warns Luger not to get too excited about it, though. As he's, in a, he's in the triangle match and he fancies his own chances in said triangle match. I mean, it could be Sting v Luger. Best friends for the title at the pay per view. Uh, the mic is then passed to Luger, who thinks he's becoming champion tonight, and a thought which is so vulgar, so hideous for the crowd that it prompts a, a chorus of boos from the paying public there. <laughs> and then uh, Luger, he's got some more things to say, and Sting reiterates that only time will tell, and yeah, all of this oh, could have been weak, avoided, it's really. really weak, yeah. It could have been yeah. avoided. Pointless. Luger walks to the back, Sting walks to the ring, and then there's, there's a match going on. He does like a U-turn, doesn't he, Sting? He, he goes to walk in the back with Luger, then realises he's got a match. Yeah. So he's just like, that what? Homer Simpson, or is it not Homer Simpson? <laughs> Grandpa <laughs> Simpson. Grandpa, Grandpa Simpson. Grandpa Simpson <laughs> meme. <laughs> That's what it was like. <laughs> Oops, I'm, I'm, I'm on. <laughs> Jesus. Anyway, as you're quite right, you say, Liv, Sting remembers timely <laughs> that he's got a match. Anyway, the, the comms lads try and build up some storyline around the Colonel's negligence, not not turning up the ringside with Kurosawa, because, of course, he's, he's meant to be Kurosawa's manager. Yeah. Kurosawa refuses to help spin the yarn, because after the match has started, he's, he's as upbeat as ever as he's trying to break <laughs> Sting's arm with a series of holds and yanks and whatever else he's got going yeah. on. Um, yeah, Kurosawa's not really... Not really uh, 
as sad as the comms team are making out it should be. Yeah, exactly. Total it's, disconnect. I mean, I know. Who, gives a, who gives a fuck if the Colonel's not managing you after all? I know. All? Well, Bobby, Bobby Heenan here, he, he, he chirps in and says that uh, Kurosawa needs the Colonel so he understands the ref's count. <laughs> It's I mean, awful, that. I, I mean, that's that. just that's, that's just free 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 noises on the yeah, on the exactly. canvas, isn't it? He can he can count. I think Chris Owen can pick that up. Yeah, yeah. I, think <laughs> I think he's got that. Yeah, I think he's got this far without being <laughs> able to clock that. <laughs> he's had an injection of Mongo this week, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah. The brain. That was a very Mongo comment. You're dead right. <laughs> He's definitely dragging him down. We've commented on it a few weeks, haven't we? How it's having a, uh, he's, he's, his standards been low. I think I think there's yeah. a case to be made. Here. I generally think there is. But anyway, Kurosawa's attempts to break Sting's arm they don't last very long. As, as uh, Sting, he, he, he reassumes control. He hits a Stinger splash in the corner. It's followed by a Scorpion Deathlock, yeah. and the man from Japan's goose is promptly cooked. Um, <laughs> we get a slow mo replay of the highlights while the comms give a debrief. There's, there's a class comedy bit where Heenan blanks on the name of the triangle match. Um, Throughout, like it's been said about forty <laughs> no. times, but he calls he calls it the uh, the trifecta match. Then remembers he's wrong and kind of like ums and ahs, and then then Bischoff cuts him off with an emphatic reminder that its actual name is the triangle match. And, and we... <laughs> trifecta is better. The trifecta, trifecta match. <laughs> the trident match. <laughs> the trio match. He's clearly shitting all over it, isn't he? We, oh, superb! Yeah, there we go. We get a, we get an advert to, to Starcade. So, so funnily enough, in this Starcade plug, Starcade. Yeah, that's just just to, to clue me up here more than anything else. Starcade is the is the WrestleMania the equivalent in it. The Correct. WCW yeah, equivalent. It's their big, oh, right, yeah. okay. Um, uh, Starcade. Yeah. So in this plug for Starcade, funnily enough, there's no mention of triangles or matches <laughs> or anything else really, because what we find out is it's going to be a kind of Japanese invasion of sorts. So. Uh, yeah. WCW wrestlers are going to be are going to be facing off against their their counterparts from the Japanese affiliate, which is uh, New Japan. Mm. In this mm. case, not much more to say at this point. No matches no. plugged as yet. But, is yeah, this what Bobby Heenan's been working away at behind the scenes? This I is guess, big sushi I guess sushi platter was all negotiations. about negotiations. This is yeah. a big scheme. Yeah, it's a yeah. big scheme. Um, but possibly we'll see, won't we? They've been great to see, haven't they? The, oh, yeah, uh, the they Japanese have, yeah. wrestlers that we've seen so far. Totally. Yeah. So I'd be all. I'd be all. I'd be all in for this. Yeah. Yeah, it should be good. Betting the 30, what was it, 30 man battle royal? No, that would be 60 man. 60 man. Oh, no, no. <laughs> way, way higher, way higher. <laughs> Pez Watley was in there. <laughs> Pez the dispenser. Dave Sullivan. Nowhere near with him. <laughs> Dyslexic Dave Sullivan. 60 men, man. <laughs> Just to clarify if anyone's listening for the first time. That's how they introduced him. That's how they introduced him. Though it does sound like the sort of thing the nitpicker would bring up. He's <laughs> <laughs> got no business here. He can't even spell his own name. <laughs> oh, so funny. Pess Watley. Pistol Pess Watley. Oh, no. Right. <laughs> Let's move on, shall we? I yeah. can't see this getting any better. <laughs> Out comes Scott Norton. He's got a match. Fingers crossed, me at this present moment in time. Please don't let it be against the Shark. Please don't let it be against the Shark. Please don't <laughs> no. let it be against the Shark. And it's not. It's against the Giants. So you're doing mine aside from me here at this stage. Um, the crowd are already bored with the Giant. He's, entered, he's meant to be yeah. the top heel out here, but no one seems to give a shit. It's flat as fuck. Uh, the camera even pans around the front row as he's coming down during his entrance, and you, you get a ripple of kind of half-ass booze as the camera hits, and people kind of go boo with a yeah. thumbs down. But yeah, it's just mostly non-plus. Yeah. They've killed the top heel. 
Uh, the Giant, he's got Jimmy Hart and Old Yag with him. That's the Taskmaster, of course. Um, they, this moves at absolute glacial pace to start with. The Giant, he's on top for a while. Um, not a lot going on. And we see an outrageous and absolutely phenomenal display of strength from uh, from Scott Norton. He, he lifts the Giant yeah. into this, this no. backdrop position. And then he holds him there, this fucking enormous man. He holds him there for ages and ages and ages before slamming him down for some kind of atomic drop type thing. And this this kind of heralds a period of dominance for Norton as a, as the Giants kind of walking around holding this coccyx in a kind of, kind of weird kind of cell. Um, but nevertheless... Like, um, like he really, really, yeah. really needs the loo. <laughs> <laughs> it's, ter- it's terrible, isn't he, in the ring? The oh, Giants early goals here. Like, he is shite. So, I remember we used so to rave about him and like, when he was doing them drop kicks and stuff like that yeah. and, and then big chalk slams. But then now he's like seen a bit more of him. You're right, he's... Dire, isn't he? Cartoonish stuff has did, just been turned up to 100 and it's terrible, all the worse for it. Did uh, any of you two uh, pick up on on the entrance when uh, Jimmy Hart and the Giant were coming down to the rink? Like the pyro was going off and uh, Jimmy Hart turns around and he's looking and he's like amazed and he like taps the Giant on the shoulder and gets him to turn around and have a look at it. <laughs> the, pyro, the amazing pyro. <laughs> Incredible. He's, he's like going, come on, have a look at this. <laughs> Oh, he cracked me up. Julie asked, yeah, what a legend. Right. Love it. He's the best thing on this programme. He is. He's super. <laughs> uh, yeah, Norton's on top at this point. He's capitalising on this great move. He, um, he bounces the giant's head off the turnbuckles. He hits some clotheslines and then growing in confidence, he heads to the top rope. This, however, is a fatal mistake from the former <laughs> arm wrestling champion of the world who comes off the top but is caught by the throat and chokeslammed by the Giants, who then gets the win. Um, there's a funny bit here from Heenan, who shouts, no one has ever done that to Scott Norton, which made me think, who's he wrestled that could have... <laughs> the, sh- the Sharks aren't doing that. Yeah. <laughs> the Sharks are hitting one of them chokeslams. In the ring, we've got Mean Gene again. He's done a title match, I'm pretty sure. He's going he's to be taking early pension here, isn't he, Gene? <laughs> Overwork this guy, Jesus I Christ! I working him hard. Like, <laughs> give him a minute. Come on. <laughs> He's got an interview with Ric Flair now. Ric Flair's out with an interview. Uh, Flair's music hits, but instead of the Nature Boy, we get our second NBA All Star of the evening. As none other than Charles Barkley's here, everybody. Yeah, unbelievable. Wow. What cool quality, indeed. Gene's uh, asking Barkley if he's uh, Flair's new tag team partner. He, he isn't, by the way. If you if, if you're wondering, no. They, they, they kind of just put each other for a bit. Barkley loves Flair. Even though I don't know if he knows he's not meant to. I'm not sure about that. And then Flair loves Barkley. And, and he kind of finishes with, with Flair dodging a question on the triangle match. So again, we've got another another veteran shitting on one of Bischoff's brainchilds, which is great to see. <laughs> and then uh, he tells us Barkley has, has walked away from the NBA to join the Horsemen full-time. I thought that's a pretty big announcement. And it reminds me of the time Chris Benoit got a kind of passing comment shoehorned in as they were going to break. Oh, just reminded Chris Benoit joined the four Horsemen. Cut the break, man. <laughs> I think everyone's been in by now for a little bit. I think I had it for 20 minutes on Thursday. It's just, it's just a passing thing, I think. Yeah. This fair conclusion of Charles Barkley gets a big celebration and, and Mean Gene fucking interview segment, whereas Chris Benoit is just a... Yeah, this person who's actually in the horseman. He's, he's, no. no one cares. It was weird, this. Yeah, I was going to say that. It was, sorry, cause I agree with you, Steve. It was a bit strange, wasn't it? Because obviously... Flo being a massive heel and, yeah. and Bark this being Barkley's like home home exactly. crowd kind massive of thing. fan favourite. But now now it's time for the title match, despite what we were told earlier. And this was long. 
Luke is out first <laughs> with Jimmy Hart. Jimmy Hart's got a new jacket. He, he, he's ditched the Hogan blazer for one, for one celebrate, for one donning the, uh, the total package's mush on the back instead. Yeah, lovely. Um, I don't like it as much as the Hogan one. No, it's not as funny, but no, it's, no, good, no. it's a good gimmick continue. He's never going to top the Hogan one. No, he's he's flogging on eBay now. Uh, Macho's out next. Uh, he's sporting the big gold belt. There's a lot of pretty much speculation about Macho's injured arm. There's no ill effects displayed early days as Savage goes straight on the offensive against the most glorified job guy in the business. <laughs> After this uh, early onslaught from Savage, it's back and forth, heading into the break with, with, with not a lot really going on. Uh, following the ads, we learn that Macho's been working the arm of Luger. There's a lot of utilising the apparatus around the ring from Macho, mm-hmm. uh, the barricade and whatnot, to hyperextend Luger's arm, and then we return to the ring for Macho to apply a series of arm bars. Um, Macho must totally dominating until he goes for an axe handle off the apron, which Luger dodges before finally getting some offence of his own. Mm. And we then get a weird bit where, where Macho takes a wild swing at referee Randy Anderson. He's kind of, yeah, I did, he's kind of launches the right hand in, doesn't he? <clears throat> yeah. Uh, comms kind of sell it as though he couldn't see and thought it was Luger, but I missed the part where Savage's <laughs> sight was impaired, so this was all, this was all really strange, wasn't it? I don't know why he wasn't DQ'd here. Correct. We need Tim Patrick in here. Yeah, we could have done with him, couldn't we? Uh, there's talk of probation or worse from Bongo and Bishop after that, probation or worse. Luger remains in the ascendancy without ever threatening to win until we get some skullduggery at the end of the match. So as you've alluded to, Steve, quite rightly, um, it all begins when the turnbuckle cover is removed. Uh, Luger, the perpetrator of said removal, marches Randy Savage over to the corner with the exposed turnbuckle to bounce his head off the exposed metal. But Luger is foiled somehow, which if, if you saw this coming. Luger is foiled and it's his cranium that collides with the steel. Um, <laughs> Luger stumbles backwards out the corner and ends up clobbering Randy Anderson, who hits the deck, falls outside. So we did finally get the lamp, Randy Anderson. Someone finally did give him what for. <laughs> Savage then hits the elbow drop. Jimmy Hart's on the apron. Yeah. He's seemingly calling to the backs. He's telling someone to come out. Where Bacho hauls him into the ring and he's giving Hart a good telling off where none other than Ric Flair rushes the ring, just like last week. He's got the old knuckle duster on and he, and he lays out Savage with that with a right hand. He's celebrating in classic flair fashion before, before making his exit. He's really pleased with himself and the cameraman clearly feels Flair's gloating is more important than what's happening in the ring as he decides, I'm going to follow Flair up this ramp here. There can't be anything important going on behind me. I'm going to yeah. follow Flair. So he follows Flair, the cameraman. Doesn't need to, Jimmy. The executive committee's looking at what's going on in the ring. Cameraman can do whatever. You say, he's on yeah, probation, this guy. He's just like, he just attacks someone with brass knucks. Absolute cobblers. <laughs> Shambles. So anyway, while Flair is celebrating, facing the ring, remember, mm-hmm. Hulk Hogan approached him from behind. Flair's unbeknownst to all of this. Another wrestler who's on probation, so I hope he behaves himself here. Um, I don't think Nitro can afford to sack Flair and Hogan, so a lot is in the balance. Um, Hogan gives a big point at Flair and chases him back to the ring as the nature boy tries to escape. Hogan grabs him, though, as he's going out the other side of the ring, goes in the ring, goes out the other side. Hogan grabs him by the waistband of the slacks in the same position as Backlund had the, uh, <laughs> had the sound guy. <laughs> <laughs> Bad week for Wedgies this week, innit? <laughs> and yeah, he's, he's about to gain, Hogan's about to gain retribution for his, for his best friend, Macho Man. Nevertheless, uh, Hogan out the corner of his eye, he sees Randy Anderson start counting the pin for Luger, so Hogan runs over and breaks up the pin, prompting Randy Anderson, of course, to, to call for the bell. DQ and Macho Man giving Luger the win. Of course, no title change, though, because it's a DQ. If this wasn't a probation violation, what happens next surely is, as Hogan attacks Jimmy Hart without provocation. Yeah, um, manager. He, he drags his former best friend into the ring, one-handed, and, and picks up Luger <laughs> as well, and he goes for the noggin knocker, but instead, 
he, he he throws Hart into Luger before mugging to the crowd about punching the latter. <laughs> At this point, we get an injection from Hogan's possible best friend, Sting, who wants to save his other best friend, Luger, <laughs> from Hogan's wrath. Um, so Sting pushes Luger out the way of Hogan's right hand, but Hogan's already started the swing of that right hand. And once you know everyone knows, once you start swinging with right, you cannot it's stop it. That's it. It's like a runaway train. It is out of control. We've got a best friend triangle here, don't we? <laughs> well, square. You're savage. Square, Unless yeah, sorry, forget. yeah. I missed, I missed Macho Man after that, sorry. We've got the best friend quadrilateral. It's the best friend quadrilateral here. It's <laughs> <laughs> so undermined. Um, <laughs> but yes, Hogan can't, can't, pull, can't pull the fist out in time no. and, and, and punches Stink straight in the face. Sting gets up off the floor and gets straight in Hogan's grill in response. And the two have some kind of heated words. Stink Hogan could have just said, oh shit, sorry, didn't mean to do that. He had to have an argument back, didn't he? Even though he's totally in the wrong, yeah, as per exactly, usual. Exactly. What a bell end. Correct. And then Macho Man, best friend number four, jumps in to prevent a full-blown confrontation occurring. And at this point, guess who comes rushing out of the ring with his microphone? It's none other than Mean Gene. Yeah. It made me think, what would happen if, you know, like Mean Gene was in the back and did he see this happen? He thinks, shit, I've got to get out there and ask these lads some questions. <laughs> and then it made me like, what's he like down the pub if it gets heated on a Saturday night? Does he see a couple of lads square up to each other and straight away he's in the middle with his mic trying to like, <laughs> conduct an interview? <laughs> Bit of a spontaneous flair up here. Someone's yeah. trying to fucking. So, Big Pete, tell us why Johnny over here called Donna a slag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just so bizarre this would come about. Um, it's terrible. And while it's happening, Hogan's like kind of holding Sting's arm in the air as well, which I thought was <laughs> strange. Weird. I guess they're maybe still best friends, who knows? Uh, Gene asks Hogan about probation. And the fact that he's involved himself in another match in spite of him being on probation, uh, Hogan says he doesn't care about no stinking probation. <laughs> and then starts berating Sting. So he's dodged that question. I'm certain he was just holding his hand up in the air last minute. He goes, what's he shouting at Sting for? He's dodged a question on probation. And then he's he's now shouting at someone. He was just hugging momentarily. You know, this is just all over the place. Um, he wants to know what's going on with Sting and Luger, does Hogan. Sting reiterates... Don't worry, Hogan, I'm on your side. Yeah. But then Sting says, he's Luger's best friend. I'm not your best friend, Hogan. I'm Luger's best friend. Do you yeah. remember that, Hogan? I'm not, I'm not your best friend. Yeah. I'm not. Don't you tell people that I'm not. <laughs> and then Sting says, as part of with the microphone in front of him, after cutting up what was a pretty meandering, weird, weak promo, he says to Hogan, would you run out on a friend? Would you run out on Macho? Absolutely he would. <laughs> In a heartbeat, Hogan would yeah. run out on him. Yeah, he has. Yeah. He already yeah. has done. He did it two yes. weeks ago. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Confirmed. He, left, he got bat- Macho got battered off the giant the other week. <laughs> yeah, unbelievable. Oh, scandalous. But yeah, we, we're just, we're seeing, we're seeing, Sting's unhappy, isn't he? Because he's happy that, his best friend, Hogan's saying bad things about his best friend, Luger. And then he's kind of questioning, yeah, whether, yeah, would you run out a friend? Would you do this? And we've, got the, we've got some of the biggest names arrested in Broiled. Oh, it's in Angle, high school, inspired by it? five-year-olds. It really high is, High school, you've got way too high. You've got way too high the <laughs> education system. I was, I was going... Reception. Yeah, base level primary yeah. school, this. This it is, is ludicrous. Yeah. Infant oh, stuff. Yeah, but anyway, Hogan responds to the, this. He says, let me tell you. Wait, would, would you run out a friend? Let me tell you. If we're going to backtrack, brother. And then he pauses and says, digress, as some idiots may say. <laughs> what is he on about? What is he on about here? 
People with better vocab than you were idiots on the organ. Is that what you mean? People were smarter than you were stupid on the organ. <laughs> Oh, man. Fucking knobhead. It's awful, isn't it? What? <laughs> so is he? Yeah. Oh, Absolutely incredible. ludicrous. Uh, the Hulkster tells us Macho Man has known all along about Luger in some classic question avoidance. And then, and then, and then the champ jumps on the bike. He is, of course, and he's the clairvoyant. It's not sure, Michael, as you're right, Liam. Vince was wrong. <laughs> and then Macho Man jumps on the mic to say, he called it early doors, that Luger was indeed bad news. Um, Sting gives some mitigation as to why Luger's a bit of an arsehole. He says his fuse is a bit shorter than theirs, but he makes it sound like a bit of a euphemism. Is... <laughs> yeah, I know, especially with the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's doing the old hand gestures and thing. <laughs> this got really yeah, fucking strange. His fuse, if you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't you be a bit easily angered? If you know... <laughs> Hogan then asked Sting to make sure when we rounded off we round off this horrendous segment by uh, Hogan asking Sting to make sure Luger stays out of his face when he and Sting uh, team up next week to fight Flair and Arn Anderson um, Sting says he will they hug and head back to the treehouse for a sleepover <laughs> Luger's been nowhere near Hogan like what's he on about here Hogan he's like Luger's been in a feud with Macho Man for like weeks yeah. like, it's not like trash. he's been like Hunting him down and you know jumping him in the in the parking lot and stuff. I ain't fucking seen him. Yeah, yeah, it's trash, trash. We, we finish we finish with the comms laying out the the trouble in dynamic amongst the best friends and yeah, that's that's your lot for the evening. So that was the December the 4th, 1995 edition of WCW Monday Nitro. But what did we make of it? What were our ratings, builders and killers? I'll kick us off. My builder number one, Booker T. This lad is one hell of an athlete. The match he was in, full of confusion, full of distracting stuff that didn't need to be there, but he stood out like a diamond in the rough. Everything he does in the ring is seemingly just effortless, but so impressive. Lovely. Build number two, potentially a bit of a curveball here, Kurosawa. A proper programme between him and Sting is definitely pretty high up on my wish list. With these two, giving a bit of time would be a cracking thing to do. Fingers crossed, not holding out any hope. And build number three, the Randy Savage elbow. Oh, this, we've seen some crackers from the Macho Man, but this week... Dearie me, he almost hit the rafters, planted it perfectly, looked superb. I could watch this all day. You would when it was uh, going to be landing on Luger, wouldn't you? You'd probably uh, put a bit of extra oomph into it. <laughs> <laughs> really mean it. <laughs> uh, Liam, how about you? What were your Nitro ratings builders? Uh, builder number one for Nitro this week, uh, clearly for me, was Booker T. Um, the guy looks like he's on on the on the way to the very top. Bags are potentially for WCW to work with. Uh, quality throughout this contest and a, and a cut above the other three involved. Uh, absolute superstar in the making here. Very slick. Very impressed. Number two, I'm going to go for. And again, I've, I've I've plugged this guy before, but Scott Norton. I think I think there is there's 
a lot of potential here for this guy as well. If if he's given the right the right matches, the right wrestlers to work with, I think you've got again a really good heel to work with. He's just been squashed so much with with this nonsense with the shark, and then then putting him with a giant, a guy who you know who, who is abysmal in the ring. Um, it, it's 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 been it's been poor for I reckon from the uh, from from WCW. I'm building up a free. I've just got a heavyweight title defence in the main event slot. Um, we know what we're going to get from Luger, um, but I thought Macho Man was very good. It was good to see uh, this heel side to him, you know, going with the, the eye gouges and, and the chokes and things like that. But yeah, your main event uh, on WCW this week was, was, was a title shot and it was, it was good to see. Jim, what about you? What were your Nitro ratings builders? Again, I've got a similar one to use as building number one, which is um, Harlem Heat, the best thing on the show by far, I thought. Um, Building number two is until it all came to a to a grinding halt, I should caveat here with. The show had kind of felt fast-paced and uh, lots of big names packed in, a bit similar to Raw, really. Um, we had a Sting match, we had a Giant match, we had a Flair promo, we had Sting and Luger did an interview at the start, all short, getting in and out. And uh, even had some lads from the NBA involved as well. So, yeah, none of it felt <laughs> yeah. too long until the end. And, uh, yeah, more of that and less of the finale, less of the shenanigans from the finale, please. And uh, building number three, finally, I go Charles Barkley during the four horsemen. That's a big event, right? <laughs> Can't argue with that. <laughs> Over to the killers. My killer number one, Hogan. Again, he simply cannot let Macho have his day in the sun, can he? He just, he just can't do it. Cannot do it, and it really winds me up. Killer number two, friends reunited. This constant, you're my best friend. No, you're my best friend. No, my best friend's over there. No, you're not my best friend anymore. It just makes them all look like absolute idiots. And, you know, all you need to do is gain Hogan's trust and tell him that you're both BFFs and then you can do what you like. It's utterly absurd. Get it off me telly. And killer number three, the executive committee. What a load of horse shit. (laughs) 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 Uh, Liam, what about you? What were your Nitro ratings killers? Uh, killers list at the very top, like you, Steve. Uh, I've just got best friends. Um, <laughs> yeah. Enough of this now. It's it's. I'm sick to death of wrestlers telling me who the best friend is. Jimmy Hart's my best friend. Lex Luger is. No Stingers. No Macho Man is. <laughs> it's it's it is like watching it's watching infants in a primary school playground where it's like a badge of honour to be someone's best friend and you know this this shouldn't be you know the the centre of your of your of your wrestling programme it's 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 tiring now killer number two Hulk Hogan um, again he has to find some way to, to, to get in on the act um, even when he's not the champion he has to come down and interfere and make it about him be the epicentre of the whole Nitro programme um, th- this whole thing about keep Luger away from me, despite being you know not involved in a feud with Luger, is is nonsense. Um, just 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 pack it in. Behave, Hulk Hogan. Have, have, have a week off. Killer number three. I've got the Giants. Um, I, I saw this. I saw this contest on paper and, and, and thought it was was a chance for some much needed interest being built between both. Um, with with Scott Norton on the other side, but the Giants' inability to to sell anything in the ring and showcase anything that. You know, it's we just get a choke slam and that's it. And it's, it can't be, it can't be like that. You, as we say, you've got he, he looks here in the you know the best condition we will possibly see him, and he's he's not he's not putting anything on the line for me at the moment, and he's quite rightly on the on the killers list. Can't argue with that, uh, Jim. What about you? What were your nitro ratings killers? Uh, yeah, we've got a full house of killer number one because uh, it's the the best friends Balaki. <laughs> <laughs> so what was previously a hilarious throwaway comment when Hogan and Jimmy Hart were best friends is now become an absolutely excruciating, never-ending feature of the show in yeah, the sense I mean. that uh, 
yeah, we've just got all the, the main players arguing about who's best friends with who and certain people not getting on with others. And it's just grown-ups don't behave like this. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? Killer number two, uh, what really got on my nerves was the, the Colonel Sherry <laughs> angle. Yeah. Yeah. Being, yeah, being just fucking shoehorned, packed into the to the title match. It, just, it kind of felt like there was an element of this is only on telly because to get this, to get this yeah, kind exactly. of, to, yeah, yeah. some kind of romantic angle in there. Yeah. And finally killing number three is I don't want to see any more match on man for Lex Lugo. It's another fucking boring, boring match yet again. Just enough. Done. Move on. Do something else. Well, having let all of that sink in, let's see which show we thought deserved to take the ratings battle victory this week. Liam, I'll go to you first. Which show got the nod from you? Um, I thought they were both both abysmal this week. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna put I'm gonna think tactically like uh, Jim did last week. Okay, and go on, go on, on the basis of that Raw last week with the brother love uh, segments and yeah. Uh, the Sermo in the main event slot. Yeah, uh, I think I think that would have, have lost quite a, quite a few viewers. So I'm going to go with Nitro this week. Okie dokie. Jim, same to you. Which one do you think will win the ratings battle this week? Yeah, I do, I do like Liam's um, uh, tactical approach. There, I think that he's probably <laughs> on the money. Thank you. But I also um, just in terms of the better quality show as well. I, I, I think there was elements on on Raw of, of some good some good things, but then there was just so much egregiousness, so much horrendousness that you, you you could not you could not in all good conscience nominate Raw as you, as the best show of the week so on those grounds and those grounds alone Nitro deserved to win the ratings battle this week Nitro hands down for me too uh, both shows in a bit of a slump at the moment I think um, but this was a super easy decision for me because I thought there was an absolute league between the two shows I was about as bored as I have been with Raw this week and Nitro, I thought, had some some lovely bits, uh, did keep me far more entertained. Well, that's what we think, but what did the American public think in 1995? Let's get that golden envelope opened. Raw, 2.6. Nitro, 2.4. Raw somehow has taken it this week, which... Unbelievable, that. ...means that it's nudged ahead... On the Monday night scoreboard, it's six five in Raw's favour after that travesty of a show. What do you make of that? Unbelievable! It's ended uh, Nitro's Nitro's hot streak, and it's come to an yeah, end. Come to a, They've come won to a few, haven't they, in a row? Yeah, but that is that's scandalous to me. That's a raw. travesty. Travesty. Yeah, there's got to be a backlash next week from 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 this. Surely, yeah, I think so. surely must be. Well, before we head off to start tracking down red matchstick microphones for the podcast on Amazon, don't forget to follow us on Twitter. We are at TMNScores. That's at TMNScores. Well, all that's left to say is farewell, so it's goodbye from us all. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, this has been the Monday Night Scores.
Right, now we know what we're watching at the Wacker, what we were learning about on the sky at night, and which future footballing great was acting like more of a baby than Hogan does when the cameras aren't on him. Let's out yes. this. Let's... <laughs> <laughs> Right, nobody, yeah, nobody do that impression that. again. I can't. I'll, I'll be lost. Let me just go spare. <laughs> oh, shit, no. I got it on the chair. He'll never oh. be allowed in the little room again. Oh, God. Right, sorry, let me finish. Oh, shit, brand new. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, he's like being back at you. Jim fucking <laughs> just opening his mouth when he's had a drink. Because he's laughing. I couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> fuck. Yes. <laughs> oh dear. Oh dear, oh dear. Yeah. Right, I haven't finished this bit yet. Right, fuck. <coughs> Quickly down oh, the chair. <laughs> right. <clears throat> I have to get some water on me. <laughs> Hurry up, do the intros. <laughs> 